Hey guys, welcome back to Amiopreneur. This is your host, Jacqueline. If this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome. So in truth transparency, I have not been as consistent with the podcast as I would like, but I'm sure you guys get it with all that's going on. Um, my number one priority has been my emotional and mental and yes, even handling and taking care of my finances. One way that I take care of my emotional and spiritual is through this podcast and connecting with amazing women of color. So one thing I do want to mention is that with the downtime, a lot of creativity and creative work and inspiration has come. I actually launched a series on Instagram live called Quarantine and Healing. I've been doing that for the month of um, Mental Health Month. And yes, like I mentioned, I've been doing them live and I've also been uploading them onto my IGTV. I've had some great guests on, so definitely go and check that out on my Instagram. My final one will be live on the 27th, so join us there if you can. It's been so much fun. We've gotten a lot of lessons and a lot of great tips from the women. And I've actually gotten to introduce like new women that are launching amazing businesses. So update on the podcast companions for the podcast episode are still in the works. I'm trying to figure out all of the logistics and how to get those out to you guys. But I will say this, creating them and doing the self-reflection work on what lessons I've learned from the interviews has been such a like beautiful journey and definitely a lot of like a lot of me time and a lot of self-care and self-love work. Definitely keep an eye out for that. Now on to the podcast. So today's guest is Melissa from Multifaceted. She is an art director, a content creator, a self-style model, and the creator of Women's Small Biz, where she actually features women and or minority-owned businesses. We talk all kinds of things, but I think my biggest lesson from Melissa is that that power of self-empathy, that it's okay to be imperfect while doing the work. Also, um, she talks about her sexual liberation journey and how that helped her get in touch with her sensuality, her power, and a lot of self-acceptance. Melissa has so much to share, so I really, really hope you guys enjoy this podcast always if you enjoy the episode please share it hit that subscribe button and here's Mel I would say the last time I went through that was right before my move to California Um, I'm originally from Connecticut and it's such a different vibe back there I mean it's it's pretty close to New York but even New York has its own like sense of life and Connecticut at the time for me was really lacking in opportunity and growth. And I had really just outgrown everything that was there for me. Um, As a designer, there weren't very many design opportunities that matched my skills. Um, Like socially, I wasn't in the best of circles um, and I had quickly outgrown the people around me. And I had actually just moved back in with my parents after having been on my own for like two, three years, um, because where I moved to, to be closer to work was closer to New York, but it was also more expensive and I literally just ran out of money. Um, So I moved back in with my parents and I was just 
like so over, I was very, very over Connecticut and I knew that there wasn't anything there left for me. And that's when I started trying to just get out of the state. Um, I didn't really care where I went. Like I was applying for jobs for almost a year anywhere, like down South, like Midwest, like I didn't care. I just wanted to get out of Connecticut. Um, and there's very few creatives that I know that don't have California like on their vision board or like on their to-do list on their, as their like guiding light to end up there eventually. Um, so the agency that I was working at had offices in LA and Irvine. And when something opened up in Irvine is when I took that step. Um, and I was fully preparing myself to come out here without a job. Um, and if need be, you know, live in my car, like I reduced everything that I owned down to however many bins could fit in my car. And I just knew that I could not stay in Connecticut. It was not for me anymore and it was not healthy. And by the grace of the universe, it happened that I ended up here. And that was really a pretty big transition that maybe um, isn't over yet. I just recently got into my own place out here. Um, I had three addresses within a year out here and it was just like a roller coaster. Um, so I feel like I'm still transitioning and I finally like found my legs out here and I'm trying to now find where I can contribute and what my real purpose will be now that I'm settled-ish. <laughs> so just to take you back, you spoke about your <laughs> outgrown your circle and you just couldn't be in Connecticut anymore it just wasn't healthy for you I've often like yeah. when, I, when I left San Diego um, I, I kind of had to explain to my daughter why we were leaving you know she was a teenager and she was like can we just stay here till I finish high school and I just couldn't do it anymore and that's yeah. all I said to her and I remember getting really emotional about it I just couldn't explain it you know I just mm -hmm. couldn't be here anymore. I just couldn't articulate all the emotions and just the tension and the unhappiness. Um, and somehow yeah. she saw that in my face and she was like, okay, let's go. Um, so we came to yeah. LA. I'm very grateful for her because I, I know that was not easy for her at all. So having looked back, what do you feel, you know, if you could articulate, what was it about your circle? What was it about Connecticut that kind of let you know, I cannot grow here anymore? And I just need to leave wherever that needs to be. I mean, Connecticut in itself is pretty diverse in the different types of people that are there, but it's also very small. Like you're maybe two degrees of separation from an ex or someone that doesn't care for you or, you know, those kind of circumstances that you don't want to be in. And it was actually, it wasn't until right before I left that I started meeting people that were, uh, spiritually in tune and were of a different vibe. Um, but all my life, it was just, it was very small, same people, same circles. And at the time I wasn't confident in myself enough to branch out and find new people in a new tribe because I was just not traumatized, but somewhat of everything that I had gone through. Um, you know, you go through enough breakups and enough beef and it's just like, I don't even want to find new friends out here because it's just the same shit. Like mm -hmm. it was, it's a very small community and there's, like I mentioned, very little opportunity, even as far as career wise. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, 
I say this a lot that Connecticut doesn't really have a culture um, besides like Yale is there and that's about it. Um, that's really the, the best that Connecticut is known for. And don't get me wrong, Connecticut has some great pockets, some great people, and it's not all bad. But in my perspective at the time, it was. And there was really no no refuge and no, if I wanted to start over, I wanted to start over somewhere new and really start over. Um, and in the process, I knew that I would not only find myself again, I would find a new tribe, a new purpose. And it just, also <laughs> the weather, I was over that. <laughs> like I did not want to have to deal with shoveling and snow anymore um, because I, that has such a big effect on me. Like I'm just a miserable, bitchy person in the winter. Like I don't like being cold. So all of those factors together, it was like the main factor, it was like, okay, even if I did have the strength to put myself out there and find new people and find a new job, I didn't want to be in the snow anymore ever again. <laughs> so tell me like, what you're doing now, if you can go into what you're, you're focusing on now, because I know you have a few things, but I know for you that didn't happen overnight. I know you said, you know, you were a designer in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Now what you're doing looks vastly different than that, right? How do you trust yourself to, okay, this is what I'm doing now. I know I want more. Let me just go and see what will happen. How does that trust, um, you know, develop? And then how did you develop from designer into what you're doing now? I guess my biggest question is always in that transition. For me, it's been a very fearful place. And for me, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, I want to take action, but I come from the corporate world and then I grew up in trauma. And so I want things to be predictable and stable, you know? Yeah. And like always like that so I've had to learn to like maneuver and not make everything so dramatic I guess <laughs> to learn to yeah. like trust myself so how do you how did you do that like how did that start unfolding for you um I will say it's still unfolding um I still have uh I'm still working as an art director at a marketing agency and I am still pursuing like design as a career I think what's allowed me to branch out into other avenues of creativity is still having um, that job and being able to figure out where else I want my life to go while still having, as you mentioned, that stability and somewhat predictability. Um, agency life is very, very unpredictable and it will come down to a matter of if a client likes you anymore as to whether an entire team is let go. So it's, it's not as predictable as I would like. Um, but it does pay the bills, and I found that putting the pressure on my craft to also feed me was what was keeping me back from really exploring it, um, because it, it just ended up being so overwhelming that if this doesn't work, if I'm not good at this, if people don't buy into me, I have no income. Um, so I'm right now, I guess I'm in the transition phase, and still towing the line between still having my nine to five and still trying to pursue other creative endeavors like Wilmy Small Biz, modeling, um, while still having the support of a nine to five. And it does, it's not an easy way to do it. It's still, it's frustrating that my job gets in the way of so much of what I wanna do, but without my job, I can't do what I wanna do. Um, at least not yet. I haven't found 
exactly what my life's work would be, um, but I know the spaces that it's in and that those are the spaces that I'm trying to get into and spend as much time and energy as I can to foster it and, and see where it goes so that when I am ready to say, you know, fuck having a boss, I will be my own boss, um, I'll know that it's because I love it and not because I need it to pay my bills. Right. I definitely agree with you. For me, in the beginning, when I launched uh, the podcast, I had no clue what I was doing. And I thought, okay, I'm putting in all this work, just like a nine to five, right? I'm going to be able to make money. And it's not always that way, right? There's Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is so unpredictable, right? And it's always growing. And there was a time where I was just like, oh my God, I'm doing all this work. I'm editing. I'm staying up to two, three in the morning, trying to get all these episodes out and nothing is mm-hmm. happening, you know? And I kind of yeah. started becoming like resentful. And that's when I knew I'm like, okay, I cannot do this because I love what I'm doing. I need to figure mm-hmm. out a way to continue to like, cause I'm always going to do this. I know that I need connections. I know that I need to be have a platform where I can have women of color and then representation is important to me but I don't want to force it to be something because I did start feeling like I was losing my creativity trying to force it to be something when I wasn't even too clear on what it was and that was the hard part I don't want to let it go so I think it's really smart that you're recognizing like in the beginning like I don't want to let my night I go because it is giving me stability it is giving me what I need you know but it is like a very (laughs) difficult balance in finding like oh how can I be creative and still pay the bills and still be okay with that right um so the reason I reached out to you you know besides so many reasons (laughs) was that I really really enjoyed um all of your photos and your style and your confidence and I don't feel that we see enough of women that look like you who there's a level of vulnerability there's you know there's beauty in it and there's confidence and there's kind of like owning who you are all of you um at least that's what i feel you convey in all your photos so were you always that comfortable or like how did that unfold for you i'm like pumping my fist in the air right now thank you (laughs) (laughs) because it wasn't always that way um and i did want to oh my god I I went through like a lot of bullying in school and I had an attitude problem. So it, I had like a chip on my shoulder and I really didn't know who I was. Um, and it was like every year after college, I'd say like the end of college was when I got out of um, like a long-term um, tumultuous, somewhat abusive relationship. Um, and I realized that I had been living my entire life from what 15 to 21 with someone else in mind and someone else first and and the greater goal of, you know, after college, get married and have kids and settle down and all those things that was like pounded into me since childhood. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until like I was on my own and unfortunately had to experience more trauma to where I had to really stop and just like cut everything out and focus on myself and self-love and what everyone was seeing in me that I wasn't seeing in myself. And um, 
it came with, you know, a, a sexual revolution of claiming my power and my sensuality, um, and then navigating those waters and really finding myself in my power, even without sex, without a partner, without, in no relation to anyone else, just me, myself. And that's been a good 10 year journey. Um, and even now, I think what catapulted that was my haircut. <laughs> um, I've had my hair short for a while and I had, I always had like a little, the little middle section that was curly that I could either put to the left or the right and still have hair um, to kind of hide behind, honestly. And it was, when I came out here, um, the barbers suck ass out here, <laughs> at least the ones that I was using. And they kept pushing like my line of baby hair further and further back. And I'm like, damn, like the only way to fix this is to completely shave my head. And out here, I've been seeing more and more women that do it. And man, when they walk, like, they walk in such power, like they don't need hair. Like, I, I saw them and I wanted to be that confident and that powerful. Right. But I was scared of cutting my hair. Right. Um, <laughs> but when I did it, I loved it more than I thought I would. And I've since loved like playing with androgyny and like presenting masculine. Like I I love that shit. Like I had my box light set up because I wasn't sure if this was going to be a video, but like I have a button down and like a baseball cap on. Like I, and I love living in space. <laughs> <laughs> like I love being able to, it was a, honestly for me in my head, at least it was a gamble as to whether or not I would love this look. Um, and I'm just grateful to have reached a point in my, in my journey and my self love to, Hell yeah, like I, I love rocking this. Um, the grow back phase will probably be not so much um, me loving rocking it, but I mean, I don't have any plans to grow it out anytime soon. And this kind of really forced me um, to, to walk in my power because this is distinctive as hell. And even when I still had like the curly hair, most of my head was still buzzed and it was very, you know, eye catching and distinctive. And I had grown it out once. To like just a bob and I'm like no I, I want my distinction back right. so this is even that like on steroids is just you may not want this power but now you have it so <laughs> I'm not I'm not hiding behind it I'm, I'm definitely rocking it and um that's definitely helped in my journey of accepting myself um because yeah I, I've been bullied so much for my looks and as women we receive so many negative messages about how we should look and how we should carry ourselves. And for me, um, feeling good about how I look in my body was the hardest challenge. And now that I'm on the other side of that, it's definitely made things easier um, with the internal work, the spirit work. It's, there's still a lot to go, but at the end of the day, I know I'm a huge, so that, that helps. <laughs> if, if I can only say that, I'm grateful for that because for so many years of my life, I did not feel that way about myself. What does disempowerment feel like to you after being, when you got out of that relationship, what did that feel like for you? Uh, I mean, it felt, it didn't feel good at first. Like, I don't think the ending of any, um, serious commitment relationship, whether it's romantic or friendship, it doesn't feel good um, to start, I'll be honest. Um, but 
sitting with it and reflecting on it. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, and it's always a blessing when I'm able to see that, whether it takes a week of crying, a month, a year. Um, I've been able to reduce the amount of time that my comeback needs over time as it happens more and more um, because I'm able to see, okay, I got through that, I got out of that, and I'm better for it. I've done that once and I can keep doing it again. I can do it as many times as I need to um, because I, it, it's all in me. And um, getting out of any type of abusive or tumultuous situation is, there's always like a phase of, um, I guess, uh, it's, it sounds so intense, but I guess self-hate and self-blame and mistrusting yourself to not make the same mistake the next time you go into something. Um, and that's, that's one hurdle that's always difficult, no matter how much time has passed since the last situation or the last heartbreak when it's time to step into something new, there's always that phase of shit. What if I end up in the same situation again? What if I allow myself to be taken advantage of again? And um, that's just a matter of silencing that voice. Um, and I've been getting messages like this for the past few months of just like shutting yourself up and just okay. shutting that little voice, that negativity out as soon as it pops up, um, whether it's, complaining or negative thoughts like your mind doesn't know the difference when you speak it out loud if it's fact or if it's opinion so making sure that you're talking to yourself in a way that is supportive and positive is it's been really helpful for me um, especially with I have a super long commute and that's usually when my head goes into the not so light spaces right. and it's just a matter of like no shut up that's not true. That's not what you're going to live in right now. Um, so just, it's always a constant, um, it's a constant, I won't say battle, but it's a constant, it's constant work that you have to keep working at to be able to walk in, in power and in confidence. Um, yeah, because I have my days of, I still have my days of not knowing what the fuck I'm doing, you know, um, that self-doubt and just confusion and fear of the unknown. And I won't allow myself to live in that for more than a day. Um, anytime I go to sleep, it's like, okay, this is it. If I have nightmares, it's fine. When I wake up, it is a new fucking day and I'm not gonna stay in that space anymore. And it's just constantly choosing to take those steps forward and not living um, in the dark path. What is the sexual revolution and sensuality what was that like if you if you can describe it and articulate it maybe like with someone who is in the darkness and they don't see past the bad relationship or even like battling their own negative thoughts because they definitely left a relationship it like so resonated when you said the self-hate because i was so yeah. disappointed in myself that i allowed myself to be in a relationship where I was disrespected, you know, and yeah. I was very angry. And then I reflected back and I thought, you know, I had been in a not so great relationship and then I punished myself after it. And I realized how toxic mm -hmm. those things were instead of having compassion and, and being glad that I got out of it, that I recognized it was time. So how was that yeah. sexual revolution for you? Like that getting back to your sensuality, like, 
what did that look like for you? And yeah, what would be your advice to someone that's like coming out of that? Um, so it, it kind of goes through like a cycle of, <laughs> at first it's always um, using sex to get my power back. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after my last relationship, I was being um, sexually, sensually neglected and shamed um, for my sensuality and sexuality. And um, what I ended up doing, as I often do, is just using sex to get my power back and just like taking down bodies. Like it's, you know, there's nothing to it. It's, it's me, my decision, my power. Mm-hmm. Um, and that definitely helped. Um, being able to see how powerful I am and what I can bring a man to climax or a woman to climax. And there was a very thin line that I unfortunately ended up crossing of using sex to get my power back and seeing only seeing my value through sex. Like there was a point where two or three days would go by without a regular hitting me up for sex and I would get into a very dark place. Like, see, this is why no one sticks around with you. You're only good for sex. That's why they don't fuck with you. So it was definitely, it's a very thin line that you have to to toe of getting your power back from sex and making sure that you still see your value without it. And I was able to come back from that by um, really paying attention to sex and the energy exchange that it is. And you can reach climax and orgasm just yourself. And I'm a huge advocate for self-pleasure um, because it, it helps, at least for me, you know, reach that climax just in myself and realize my power, everything that I can do for myself, just me. Mm-hmm. And I am now paying more attention to, you know, sex is is an energy exchange. And if you're able to separate that, as I was trying to um, when I was recovering my power, you know, we as women, we're not told often enough that we can do that, that we can separate the emotion from the physical act. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're able to do that, and that takes a lot of mental work, um, because I don't even think I was doing that. Like after every encounter, I just lay there. I'm like, wow, that was meaningless. Like, <laughs> you know, so as long as you're able to do that, do whatever the hell you want. But I would definitely say I am now in a space where I'm paying more attention. And honestly, this came about from being uh, having tested positive for chlamydia. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, so this is literally, sex can literally kill you. <laughs> like, it's, it's not a game. So that definitely put me off from sex for a while. Um, so yeah, my relationship with sex has been up and down, up and down a roller coaster. But because of everything that I've been through and everything that's happened, I'm now looking to myself for that sexual power and looking at sex with others as, you know, that's an energy exchange and you have to be really careful with who you literally let into yourself. Um, and yeah, I would say we need better sex education, sensuality education to, to really get those messages within us earlier. Um, because yeah, it was, you know, only have sex with the person you're gonna marry and that's not true or <laughs> that's not valid for everyone in every situation. Um, and then just, you know, sex doesn't mean shit. That may also not be accurate for every situation and every journey. So it's, it's really a, a treacherous 
um, journey to navigate, but it's, it's work that I'm happy to be where I'm at with it right now because like it hasn't always been like this. It sounds like it's an, it's an exploration that I wish we were shown before we even started to have sex with other people. To really yeah. explore like us and what sex means to us before mm-hmm. we even start to have sex with other people. You know, like for many of us, I think for many women, it's that exploration after a relationship that didn't go so well, that we realize we were very attached and then adding sex sometimes just gets you more attached. And then you can't see the it. Sex, the attachment comes with that, yeah. And it's any, any situation that I started with, like sex on the first day of meeting them, and then if it, if it happens a lot, then it's okay. Well, now I'm used to and attached to you without actually knowing who the fuck you are, just right. because you, you're, a, you're a regular, you know? So <laughs> that, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And then if you're, you're someone who really, like really knowing yourself, like you, if you're someone that really enjoys sex, right? And you understand yeah. that you're very powerful when it comes to sex and really owning that, like, I really enjoy sex, whether it is sex or whatever it is that you enjoy, really owning that and then being aware, like, let me get to know this person, right? Because if I get into this relationship and we, we start with sex, then I won't be able to see this person, you know, because it is an act that I enjoy yeah. very much with someone um, and understanding that too. Like, let me get to know this person. Let me always check in with my emotions. Is it me? Is it wanting to have sex or is it? the sex with this person and always just remembering you and what is happening with you. And that's why I say if we were taught to explore our own sexuality and get to know that within ourselves first before we went out to the world and then had to take a step backward, what's going on, I think it would allow us to feel even more powerful and know ourselves a lot more and then own what it is we want, who we are. You know, it's just a lot of that. I think we don't, I definitely am more open. I was very open with my daughter, but I think um, that for me, that wasn't the case. You know, my parents were people who, you know, separated and then dated other people, you know, but then I, we, we had in our family, like it was very religious. We were to go with what the religion said, you know, we were like shut down, but then I'm seeing my parents date all these people, you know, it's very contradictory to what (laughs) growing up I'm like well you know and being a child you're just like I don't know what to feed into what is what is wrong what is right so I think that's so important to explore and to like really get to know yourself hey guys isn't Mel amazing I just wanted to take a quick break to share that if you're someone that is ready to redesign your life if you're someone that's ready to rediscover and reconnect and redefine what your new normal is going to look like moving forward starting june 1st i'm going to join my great friend carrie lee on her 14-day true you intensive i'm someone that is great at setting goals but i'm also someone that needs accountability partners and a mentor to keep me focused This program has all of that plus workouts. That's right, workouts. It takes care of the mind, the body, and the spirit. I hope that you'll join me. If you'd like to learn more, I'll have all of the information in the show notes or on my Instagram. Now, back to Mel.
So what does it mean for Melissa to feel powerful? Uh, I think uh, for me to feel powerful is just honestly just walking in my power and I feel like I feel like as women we're we're told so much of what to do, how to think, how to feel about ourselves. And looking back on my life, I'm already just so annoyed at how much time I missed out on loving myself um, because I, I was so sensitive to these messages from, you know, within the home to media to other people of what I should look like, how I should feel about myself, especially. and. For me to be powerful is just to say fuck all that and do whatever the hell I want day by day and that's really what I'm living in now um, especially when I first got here like I threw myself into trying to build an influence and every weekend day was just like content content filming photo shoots and I feel like I did that because I hadn't found my tribe yet mm -hmm. um, and now that I have a tribe and have like quote unquote a life, um, I've achieved more balance in trying to balance out a social life, my work and my career, and then also remembering times for me. And I'm listening more to my body and what feels right and acting on that instead of what I should be doing um, somewhat being informed by the past, but in a healthy way, mm -hmm. trying not to be informed in a negative way by what's happened in the past and what could happen, um, and really just doing whatever the hell I want, when I want to, and making sure that in everything I do, I feel good about it. Um, and like I said, I still have my days of, of not feeling that all the time. So I feel my most powerful when I am literally doing what I want because I want to do it, um, whether that's eating junk food or dancing or whatever that is, I try and live in as much of that as I can um, and just know that I have that with me at all times, um, especially this trip to Jamaica. It was like, it was so beautiful to be in that space and, and the, the women running, it gave us the tools to take those take those tools home with us and practice them every day. And I've been doing that since I got back. And I've realized that since I, at one point I did have like a morning routine and then I just got lazy and stopped doing it. And really since then was when I was suffering internally and it was just recognizing that. And it doesn't have to be a big life shift to, or a big vacation or a big anything to find that power and walk in that. It's as simple as small daily habits, affirmations, self-grace, and maintaining that as much as I can and being gentle with myself when I when I slip up in that. And um, yeah, just loving on me. <laughs> There's something so powerful when you're around just women Huh. Like when it's it's like a, mm -hmm. such a healthy and loving environment. I've definitely done some retreats and it's it's full of women and all. I remember a friend of mine, she runs retreats and we were in a house 
And we were just, it wasn't, we weren't doing yoga that day. It was just like a chill day for everyone. And then I remember looking around the room and just the energy of just women, all women being around. It was just such a beautiful feeling um, when you're, when you're like in that environment, it's just like safe. And I don't know, there was just, I, I just remember feeling really safe. And I think because I grew up without my mom and it was, I, that's what I re- imagine it feels like to be mothered, you know, like having that nice environment where you just feel safe and there's acceptance there and there's beauty there. And, you know, even like that sensuality. Um, yeah. I remember that, that energy of being surrounded by all women who are all in a collective really doing the work on themselves and wanting yeah. to be around that same energy. And you talked about self release. Yeah. Can you go into that a little bit more? I, I love that. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I tend to beat myself up if I get off track on something, Um, like I was doing um, 21 morning workouts, because I guess it supposedly takes 21 days to build a habit, Hmm. and uh, like if I miss the day, or at least this past time it worked out, um, but before, like if I miss the day, like then it's all over, like I, I failed or, you know, if I spend a day in some not nice thoughts and a not nice space, you know, I have to, you have to be able to say, okay, you fucked up. It's fine. Start again. And, and even when I came back from my trip, it was like a uh, Monday when I landed mm-hmm. and I've always been like, you know, I got to do my groceries. I got to meal prep all on Sunday. If it doesn't happen Sunday, it's not going to happen. I have to buy out junk food every day. Mm. But no, when I came back, like I went grocery shopping on a Tuesday, I meal prepped on a Tuesday and kind of taking those restrictions and restraints off yourself to be perfect all the time. Mm. Um, and to, to allow yourself fuck ups, allow yourself as many fuck ups as it takes, as long as you get back up and start again and recognize that, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna take accountability right now, I fucked up, um, and really owning that and knowing that that's not what defines you. Mm-hmm. A mistake is, is simply a misstep and you have so many more steps to take as long as you just take that first step to start again. And that's usually the hardest part of starting. Um, that, that's usually the hardest part is starting again after what can be perceived as a failure and just really shifting the mindset to be um, from failure to lesson. And I, I say all this and I'm even right now, I, I feel hypocritical because I'm like, not like that all the time. Um, but it's, it's work to, that you, it's so valuable to keep doing and keep telling yourself um, because this world is already harsh enough on us already. We should, we should love on ourselves as much as we can. And that includes, um, taking responsibility and being accountable for your mistakes, but also knowing that you're so much more than them. What do you love most about Melissa? Hmm. I love most my, I guess, resilience. Um, Looking back on everything that I've been through, it's like, shit, I've been through a lot. Like, and I'm still here. I'm still happy. I'm still smiling every day and loving myself as much as I can. And I am powerful as fuck. And it's 
it's easy to forget that when you're trying so hard not to live in the past. Hmm. Um, but every now and then it's, I take a look back and it's like, shit, I did this. I did that. I'm out here in California. Like I'm out here by myself. I did that shit. I got my degree still paying that shit off, but I did that shit. Um, and just my ability to actually live and get shit done, um, over and over again. And how much, I would definitely say how much I live in love. Like I try every second of every day to not let hate win. And the moments when I slip up, you know, I always come back from it with love is my weapon of choice always. Even when it comes to myself, when it comes to what's going on in the world, like I will not let hate win within myself or towards you know the world um yeah Mm. i love my heart most Mm. i love that what do you see when you look at your feed like sometimes i'll look at my feed whenever i feel down right or if i feel Mm -hmm. like i'm not doing enough and i definitely never thought i'd be making videos i hate taking pictures or i hate it (laughs) better at it now um and so sometimes when I'm like feeling down or I think I don't do enough or whatever, I'll look at my videos and, and just like you said, I did that, you know, and I'll see something bigger in me than I'm seeing in that moment. So when you look at your feet, because I reached out to you because in every photo, you allow us to see the power in ourselves, the sensuality, the beauty, the uniqueness. And I think you convey that so well in all of your photos. So like, what do you see when you're looking at your body of work? I definitely started modeling as a form of self-love. Um, like I had a bunch of photographers that, photographer friends that encouraged me to get in front of the camera. And I just love the feeling of getting those pictures back. And it's like, damn, like, I did that, like, that's me, we made some magic, and when I look at my feet, I definitely see all of that, like, I see my power, I see, I also see, though, and I know um, if I'm not feeling beautiful or powerful in the moment, and I look at my feet, I'm like, everyone has these moments, because I know behind all these pictures is makeup, angles, lighting, editing, and I know that it's the same for everyone else too. And I feel, I definitely feel powerful in that this is what I am capable of, even if I'm not living in it every day. I don't have makeup on every day. I have glasses on. I wear glasses every day and there's no pictures of me in glasses on my feet. Um, so it's, it's not only self-love, but also kind of like a reality check anytime I look at it. It's like, this is what you're capable of. Um, and this is what you present and you know everything that goes on behind the camera but you present the same way that you present your story on your feed is the same way that you can write your story behind it and we're almost coming to the end but I did want to touch on you on something that I really loved and that's your women or minority owned businesses if you can just kind of the videos are great if you could just talk about that a little bit Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, being out here in California, there's such an entrepreneurial like spirit. Like every contact that I've made out here, every contact in my phone has a business name after it. And it's, it's so inspiring to see um, people walk in there in their power and just be their own bosses, start their own whatever business, brand, and from nothing. And seeing that creation happen all around me um, was really inspiring. So I had met a couple of really good friends that have their own businesses. Um, and I just wanted to start being more conscious of where I spent my money. Um, because seeing these people, you know, these women, women of color, uh, men of color, pursuing their passions and their, um, their whether it's their creativity, their art, or their business on their own, I just know from knowing them that it's not easy. It is not easy. It's not an easy life being a woman of color or a person of color to begin with. So trying to, to cement yourself in the world and create something that didn't exist before um, is, is really inspiring. So I started the series in uh, January. Mm -hmm. I wanted to start it with the new year. I just wanted to make it a little easier for other people to find out and learn more about these women and or minority-owned small businesses um, because it, it, it's very, it's, it isn't very often that we find them easily. Um, you know, where all the big, what we see so much easier is like all the big box brands and stores and retailers um, and the convenience of that is what, you know, keeps us in that cycle. But if we look just a little bit further, we can get everything that we need from a small business that is depending on our support to survive. So I started the weekly series, um, just shouting out different small businesses that I found. Um, and I really love the response to it. People really loved hearing about them. Um, and the, the actual businesses themselves were always so, so appreciative and just like really surprised at the videos and being featured in that way. Um, so I just kept feeding off that momentum. And for, for season two, I expanded it into Womi Small Biz Spaces mm -hmm. um, because I had encountered and met these women and small business owners that we're creating spaces for success and uh, networking of other women of color and people of color. And those are really, really important to me, especially being new out here and not knowing where to go to find people who look like me and share my values. So um, that's when I started doing the IGTV, um, kind of longer form interview format, just having them explain their story a little bit and showing off the space. Um, while still doing like the, the small businesses every week in my regular stories. And I love it so much. Like I've gotten back into video editing and really challenging myself to once, if I feel like I'm running out of businesses, or I don't have enough for the rest of the season. It's, it's forced me to branch out and, and seek other avenues of purchasing goods like Instagram has been such a huge huge tool for me in that way because even just searching hashtags or you know through <laughs> five degrees of separation like this person I started following and then I followed this person that they follow and that person and it's such a huge web of um, it's, it's huge web but it's very tight-knit as well um, because a lot of the businesses that I found actually know each other too right um, so it's, it's so empowering to see that network thriving and supporting each other. 
and I'm just really grateful to be able to support um, small businesses that I can, um, both in monetary support by purchasing their products as well as telling other people about them and where they can find them. So you have been so supportive to others. Can you tell us how we can support you? Yeah, follow me on Instagram at multifaceted. Um, I do have a Facebook that I have been really bad at updating, but uh, I think it's uh, Mel Model or it's uh, Melissa Mel Styles um, on Facebook. And yeah, I am also available for TST photo shoots. I am a model, so I'm always looking for um, photographers to collaborate with. If you're a brand, I am up for hire for any marketing needs, um, whether it is like design, art direction, marketing, or as a model. Um, I have partnered with a couple Latina-owned brands out here, and I, I just love seeing myself on their Instagrams as like a face of their brand. So I am up for hire in those ways. Um, and yeah, support small businesses when you can.